This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. You're listening to another edition of the Kona Edge. Brad Brown with you. Thanks for for joining us today. Before we get into today's podcast, I just want to send a quick shout out, out if I can. Uh, One of uh, the best Ironman triathletes that we've produced here in South Africa over the last couple of years was uh, preparing for his last probably his last uh, longest ride ahead of Ironman 70.3 in Buffalo City here in South Africa this coming weekend. Uh, And he was uh, hit by a car on the weekend. So a massive shout-out to the captain, Matt Troutman, who... Uh, he's in hospital as we speak. Uh, massive, massive operation. Uh, the day after that accident, he's fractured his L1 vertebra. They've had to fuse uh, a couple of those vertebrae together. So, yeah, pretty pretty bad accident. Got uh, knocked from behind uh, just outside Cape Town, near Franschhoek, to be precise. And I know Maddie's doing well. Matt, uh, I'm not sure if you listen to the podcast, but we're sending you tons of positive vibes. Uh, and we hope that you bounce back soon. We know you're in unbelievable nick ahead of 70.3 this weekend. And also to everyone else who's traveling to East London uh, for 70.3 in South Africa this weekend. Best of luck to all of you as well. I hope you have a great race. One of my favorites. It's a toughie, a very tough bike course, but a very cool race uh, all in all. So that's it uh, for me. Let's get into today's podcast, though, and I'm super chuffed that I get to sh- uh, share another great story with you. And today it's Don Oswalt. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. listening to the Kona Edge, an absolute pleasure to welcome you back onto the podcast and a great pleasure to head to Charleston, South Carolina to catch up with our next guest and uh, what a pleasure to welcome Don Oswalt onto the podcast. Don, welcome. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us today. Yeah, you bet, Brad. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. Don, uh, you've been lucky enough to, to race on the big island. Triathlon is a, a pretty big part of, part of your life. Where did, where did it all start? Where did the triathlon bug bite? Um, I, I kind of started back in 2009. I had some buddies that were doing tries and just always wanted to give it a shot. So, um, you know, they were doing long distances. I just started to do sprints and, and, uh, Olympic distances and, and then just kind of worked my way up from there. Uh, did my first half in 2012 and my first school in Florida in 2013. That's a, a, quite a nice progression. A, a lot of people just jump in, sort of <laughs> head first, and 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 go for for the big one. But you you built up slowly. Would you advise people that that's the way you you? I say you should do it. Obviously, everyone does their own thing. But is that the the more advisable right. path to follow? Um, you know, I'm not I'm not sure. I think so, but it, it really worked for me. It really worked uh, as far as not getting too crazy with uh, you know, the training and, and the time commitment is the big thing. And so I just kind of progressively worked my way up to a longer distance as, as you know, the years clicked by. And I would recommend it because, you know, it, it's a really big toll on your time, your family, financially. It, it's just uh, the longer distances you go, it, it just, you know, up to the ante on everything. Yeah, absolutely. Don, if if we have to go back to your sort of childhood, were you have you always been active? Have you have, were you always this, a sporty kind of kid? Um, yes and no. I mean, I grew up in Florida with my mom, and so we we spent a lot of time on the beach and and doing things outside, but never really 
did any organized sports of any kind. And, uh, you know, just I did a little bit of track in school and football in school, but once that ended, I, I really just kind of did not do much exercise at all. And and so in my, you know, my mid-40s, just wanted to, you know, I had this desire to do something different. And so just kind of just jumped in head first with uh, some guys that I knew that were doing it. And uh, they, I borrowed my first triathlon. You know, I had borrowed a bike and, and did not really know how to swim too well. And, and, um, and you know, I had a little bit of a running background, So, but it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. it something that really once you do it and see others do it it's just it really is addictive you know as far as just being out there with others and trying to improve yourself knowing what you know now about the sport do you wish you had started when you were younger kind of yeah i mean as far as being able to be competitive you know in my age group i wish i kind of would have you know started earlier but you know that's just the way and it worked out, so which is fine. Absolutely, Don. You, you're pretty busy outside of triathlon. Uh, you work in in sales. You work for a, a printing company in in Charleston. You've you, you mentioned sort of balancing family and work and commitments, but you're also involved with your your local Rotary Club as well. How do you get that balance right with okay. regards to work life, family life, other commitments that you have uh, outside of of the sport? It's it is a challenge, isn't it? It is a big challenge, Brad. It, it really is. And um, my wife and I have really, it's taken us a few years to just kind of find the balance of, you know, me having a schedule, her knowing it ahead of time. And if there's something that conflicts with, with you know, what we're wanting to do, you know, I try to change things up or move things around. And, you know, I made a commitment to her and to our relationship you know, that I would not train on Sunday. So kind of limits me a little bit. But like I said, I, it's, uh, you know, I do most of my training in the morning. And, and so, it, you know, kind of have to double up on some things during the week to, to get that, that extra training in. But it is difficult. And I don't know how people deal with kids and, and other commitments because it, it really takes a toll on your family. And um, But we, we've come to find a balance, you know, it, it's all about communication with uh, my wife and I, and it really has um, been good to, you know, find that balance, and, and, you know, we, it's all about communication, we still try to, you know, have some, uh, not arguments, but we definitely have to find that balance during the season when things get long and, and heavy as far as the training goes. Yeah. Don, I get you. We, ha- we have some heavy negotiations in our household as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Don, when did you realize you were actually pretty good at this, that you had you had some ability? Um, it was interesting because, um, you know, I started out small and, and then I started, uh, you know, kind of being competitive in my age group. Of course, it's not a huge triathlon community here in Charleston, but there's, you know, a decent amount of people. And uh, so when I started, you know, being able to win my age group and then get male masters, and it was like, wow, I, you know, I do have an ability um, that 
you know, I was actually surprised at and was proud of and, and definitely wanted to just see how that progressed in in my, you know, basically my track on career. And, um, but it's been, it's been a surprise, you know, because I've just, it, it's never been a focus on, on uh, my radar. But the more I got into it, definitely the more that I was being competitive and just wanted to, you know, be first in age group or at least be on the podium. That decision to do the first Ironman for for a lot of people, it is it's a huge decision because it's a lot further than you've ever gone before. Do you, do you remember the thought process and the the sort of thinking behind making that decision? Yeah, um, I don't know how much forethought or or thinking process. You know, the guys that I trained with were like, "Well, we're going to sign up for Florida. You should." So, I I kind of did think about it and thought it was just a natural progression uh, from the half that I did in, in 2012 to doing Florida in, in 2013. And, um, I knew that it would be a, a big commitment, you know, financially, uh, time-wise and everything. And, and definitely, um, you know, my wife and I weren't married at that, that time, but, um, you know, so I had a little bit more freedom, but it, it it wasn't a whole lot of thinking of, you know, uh, planning it out. It was just, you know, hey, let's get out there and get it done. And and uh, the training buddies that I had, you know, we would just kind of map out a plan of of uh, what, what we wanted to do in, in any given week and, and just went out there and, and did it. And I didn't have a coach at that time. And, and so, but, you know, doing a 1018 at Florida, I felt pretty good. Um, being, and I ended up being about 16th, I think, in my age group there at, at Florida. Was that where the seed for Kona was planted? I think so. But, you know, looking at the, that's a fast, flat course, uh, Florida is. And I was like, well, where where would I need to be to get to, get to Kona? And I think the guy that uh, won the age group was at 923. I was like, holy crap, how am I going to get an hour, shave an hour off my time? And so I didn't really think a lot about it. I was like, well, you know, that I enjoyed it and it was, I, I had fun and I, I felt good and, you know, I was fairly competitive. And um, so I, you know, in 2014, uh, I had already qualified for the Boston Marathon and and so I did that, and Kathleen and I got married uh, that fall and um, had Chattanooga. That's where kind of where I wanted to be as far as uh, doing my next Ironman. So I took 2014 off as far as the full distance. I did a couple of halves and did the Boston Marathon, got married, and volunteered at Chattanooga um, to kind of check out the course and, and see just get kind of logistically how it was uh, looking and all that and decided that that would be the course that I really wanted to try to qualify at and get to Kona. And uh, I'm taking it that's what happened. The next year you went back and did it. Yeah, it was it was quite a race, man. It was, uh, I went up there, kind of previewed the course uh, about six, eight weeks beforehand 
and um, I had actually hooked up with a, a female pro athlete that's up there, Anna Cleaver. She's uh, and actually she moved back to Australia uh, this year, but she she and I hooked up, and I took some other buddies with me, and we went up there and kind of previewed the course, and and just really gave me a good understanding of of pacing myself, especially on the bike. It's a two-loop course, very hilly, and so if you burn yourself out on the first loop, you're just dead on the second. So it was uh, it was great training and uh, great, uh, you know, previewing the course. It was really it was really good, and even the runs, hilly. It's it's a very hilly course, and um, I did hire a coach in 2015 to to help me kind of. Uh, dial in some things and and kind of cross my fingers and it was a it was a it was a great race. I didn't have a great swim and uh, 285 guys in my age group. I was like 125th coming out of the water and so you know going to Kona, I, I thought that you know I pretty much kind of lost my chance and being uh, I didn't know that I was that far back but. Uh, Coming out of the water at 107, I knew I wanted to be right at an hour, so I was like almost 10 minutes down, and so I wasn't too happy, but kind of just did my thing on the bike and uh, moved up from 125th to 13th place on the bike and uh, just kept my cool and, and did my plan on the run and actually came down with a 324 marathon, came in fourth place, um three seconds out of third and not knowing that they would have four spots going to Kona, I thought that I, I had just missed it. And, uh, but we went to the awards, uh, banquet the next day and, and, but found out there were four spots, but it was very exciting, very surprising. It was just, it was pretty awesome. I'm sure that must be a, a pretty sweet feeling. It's, it's one thing knowing going to the banquet, but, uh, going and not knowing and finding out must be, must be pretty amazing. Yeah, it really was. It was it was pretty exciting. Couldn't just you know couldn't believe it. It was just for, to be doing my second Ironman and to qualify is just pretty pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, just kind of still kind of trying to wrap my head around <laughs> it. And uh, but it's it was it was pretty awesome. Very 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 cool. I'm sure, Don. You you mentioned you got a coach and you you dialed some things in, made some changes. What were what were some of the the, the major changes you made between the first and second one? Um, the the bike, you know, uh, Anne Moore. She's a coach here locally, and she's very well known for her bike um, endurance and her bike uh, coaching. And so that was really that was really what I had the most improvement on and she excuse me encouraged me to get a power meter so I did that at the beginning of the season of 2015 and um, was able to really you know improve my bike tons you know compared to Florida Um, but yeah I just that was where I pretty much made up all the ground that I needed to um, and then just kind of you know took off on the run and felt good and was able to really um, put down the, my goal was 330 and to do a 324 I would, it was just amazing 
Yeah, that is that is phenomenal. Looking at at Kona twenty sixteen, then did you did you make many changes in the in the build up to that race, or, or was it you had sort of figured out a formula and and, and stuck to that? Yeah, um, not too many changes. Um, I I still kept with my same coach. She got me there, so I I wanted to just continue on with her, and we just continued to dial in, you know, and ramp up. Uh, you know, she really got me ready uh, for Kona, and so I did three halves this year and uh, two Olympics, and then I did a three-day bike uh, across South Carolina in July and just <clears throat> really focused on, you know, just just doing the things that would get me, you know, make me as competitive as possible at Kona. And uh, it was, it was, yeah, we just didn't really do a, a whole lot other than just keeping the workout strenuous enough that it would just, you know, I'd be able to do well at Kona. Talk to me about that experience of of the Big Island. There's, it's 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 mythical, it's mystical. It's there's, there, I mean, there's so many different ways right. to describe it. But uh, you, your experience of, of first arriving in Hawaii for for the World Champs that that must be a pretty special feeling too. Oh yeah, I just you just kind of pinch yourself when you get there, and it it's very electric, very like you said, mystical and magical at the same time. And um, as the week progressed, where they're setting up the runway and and the stage and everything, you're just you know it's just pretty amazing. And you know, trying to get out there and uh, swim most every day, and there's other people out there, you know, with the same goal, the same uh, look on their faces, just really excited about being there and to be able to compete with the best in the world. It, it was just a really amazing experience and to get out there on the course and experience some of the conditions was important. And uh, uh, But it was it was truly a trip of a lifetime. I honestly can say that. It was just amazing um, to just be there, to compete. Didn't have the best bike split that I wanted, but Still, it was just an amazing day. Don, approaching a, a race like Kona, particularly first time on, on the Big Island, you obviously went into Chattanooga with a specific goal. It was to qualify. How do you approach Kona? Is it a case of going there saying, you know what, this might be the only opportunity I ever get. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to soak it all up and, and enjoy it all. Or do you go there wanting to, to really smash it as hard as you can and, uh, and, and see how you go against the best in the world? Yeah, I really wanted to smash it, honestly. And uh, um, but you know, I came in 52nd in my age group, which is not really where I wanted to be. But um, I had a, a 5:52 bike, about 35 minutes slower than I wanted. But that, the wind is nothing I've ever experienced, um, and I don't know how I would even train for that again uh, here in Charleston. It, we don't have too many hills here, and it, not hugely windy, so it was. That's the thing that just it really wore me, wore me down. And you know, I was going on, going there, wanting to at least be in the top ten. In um, right around ten hours, you know, ten hours was my goal, and I was just like forty-two minutes off of that. Which, you know, looking back, it it was maybe I set my bar too high for the first one, but. Uh, you know, it, it was it was it was a great day, and I don't uh, feel 
very proud of my accomplishment and what I did. It was just, it was, it was really cool. As as far as having had the experience now, and and even though you didn't go quite according to to the plan that you had set for yourself, have you scratched that itch now, or has it just fired you up even more to 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 go back? Are, are you done with it, or or is the plan to to make another assault on it? I think I, you know, at some point I I definitely would like to go back, Brad. Um, it that next year is going to be kind of taking some time and, and maybe doing a half or two and uh, getting back into the groove and um, we'll see what happens in 2018. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I was I was like at five hours on the bike and I said, I'm never coming back here again because <laughs> it was just that hard, that mentally, physically challenging. I was like, ugh, it was, it was tough. And um but you know how it goes, you know, 24, 48 hours later, you say, well, you know, I might want to come back here and see if I can do better. <laughs> and uh, so definitely it scratched, scratched the itch for a little bit, but I, I definitely at some point want to go back, yeah. you know, and uh, just going to depend on how how next year or two goes. And um, we've got some changes financially in our uh, plans next year, my wife's um to kind of go on business on our own, so we're just going to see how the how the income works out the next year and kind of go from there. And and you've got a few years to mess around because uh, you 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 smack bang in the middle of an age group, so it, it might be worthwhile hanging around till you age group up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a possibility for sure. But uh, yeah, it, it was amazing, and I just it was it was it was honestly a. A great experience, and and would love to go back. What's the biggest lesson that Iron Man has has taught you? Oh wow, so many. Um, you know, I think the thing is, if you set your mind to something, that you can achieve it. And I think that's the thing. I mean, um, I think the motto is anything's possible, um, and really, it truly is. If you just really, you know, work the plan and follow through with what you um, have set in motion. I think, uh, you know, being able to set goals, achieve them along the way, it's it just really made me not only a better athlete, but a better person, a better husband, a better business person, a better employee. Um, it just really it really helps you focus on what's truly important. And I, it's just been a, been a, a lesson that I am forever grateful for, sure. If you could go back and, and talk to you 10 years ago before you started your, your triathlon career, knowing what you know now, what would you, what would you tell yourself starting out? Oh, wow. Um, good question. I would probably encourage myself to push the limit, I guess, and know that, you know, when it's hurting, when when you're suffering out there, you know, you're not going to die. <laughs> it's just a, a temporary, you know, um, uh, unpleasantness, I guess, and just that to push through the pain, push through uh, the discomfort, you know, to to really go for it. I, I really 
you know, I've I kind of, I've been all, you know, my life has been always about being, playing it safe. And uh, so this has really taught me to really, um, you know, to take chances. You know, you can't get ahead if you don't take a chance. And, and yeah, I mean, failure is a part of growing. And, and so I would, I would just tell myself to keep taking chances and keep pushing the limit. As far as your triathlon career goes, what's the biggest mistake you've made and what's, what have you learned from it? Um, playing it too safe, I think. And, um, you know, I think I'm always measuring myself on the bike and the run and not wanting to blow up. Um, I, I guess one, the, the, the worst race that I've ever had was the Boston Marathon when I did it in, uh, 2014, I just, you know, I wanted to do well and just blew myself um, out of the water. I just really bumped hard. I uh, was running, you know, 705 pace all the way through about mile 15, and then I think by mile 24, I was running 11-minute miles, and so I was just dead. And um, But it really taught me to, about nutrition, how important um, nutrition is in aid stations and I passed way too many aid stations on that uh, on that course and so at Kona I made sure that I stopped, didn't stop but I grabbed something at every aid station making sure I'm hydrating well and uh, taking the nutrition and that was I think the biggest thing is is knowing that you have to fuel your body in order to keep going hard and and those lessons are, are sometimes hard to learn, but you obviously learned it because in Kona you ran a three twenty five, even though uh, the bike wasn't quite what you wanted. That's a, a pretty decent marathon time on the Big Island. Yeah, it really was. I was very proud of that, and uh, actually qualified for Boston in twenty eighteen. So I might go back maybe or see. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it's all about you know. Uh, keeping fueled and keeping cool in that environment. And it was, it was very warm uh, that day and uh, just was, was, it was great. I, I pretty much wore myself out by the end though. It was, it was pretty tough the last few miles. I'm sure. And then just, I, I think I know the answer to this, but looking at your triathlon career, what, what are you most proud of? Well, what achievement are you, are you most proud of? Yeah, I mean, definitely being able to get to Kona early in my career, basically. And um, and I'm proud of the fact that, you know, my wife and I have really um, found a balance. And that's one thing, because if you're, if you're a great triathlete, but you've got conflict um, at home or any other area of your life that does not want you to train, does not want you to be successful, that would be very difficult. So I would say that I'm very proud of my wife and I being able to work out, you know, my schedule. And, you know, I want to, she wants me to fulfill my dreams, but, you know, not at the sake of hers. So it's been really, I've been proud of that, that we've been able to really be a team effort in my career. And so, you know, 2017 I'm going to definitely be on her uh, on the sidelines cheering her on as she kind of steps out of her comfort zone and, and goes out on her own 
I love that, and and that's such an important point as well, though. Don, I think I think we could probably elaborate more on it, but often Ironman can be a, a very selfish sport, and it's all about us as athletes. But we, in order for us to succeed, we do need a a pretty strong support system behind us and and often it's uh, our family and and spouses and 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 kids who, who suffer it's uh yeah you've got to get right. that balance right it, it's almost that's almost uh, a discipline of the sport i mean we talk about swim bike run and nutrition but that support structure is is as as important as the other four yeah geez, yeah you, you got it and i mean if you're out there doing long rides and runs and you know that you know you don't have the support it makes it hard to really push through and to do well and to hit your goals, I think. You know, but if you know that somebody's got your back and that you've got that support, it just makes the, the training all worthwhile and um, all the, the hard work worth the effort. It yeah. really does. Absolutely. Well, Don, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I think uh, we can chat about your or the four disciplines. We'll we'll save that for another time. But thank you so much for sharing your your story with us, and and congratulations on on getting to the Big Island. And we look forward to to following your progress and seeing when you when you do get back. Yeah, Brad. Well, I really appreciate it, and uh, I love following you and and getting me all the advice that you have on on all your network. So just keep up the great work. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.